So welcome, more to come listeners, to another episode of Stargazing. But this is kind of Stargazing and uh, Summer Reads, our, our, a combination program. But as usual, I'm here with Meg Linke, PW's Graphic Novels Review Reviews Editor. Hey, Meg, how you doing? Hi, Calvin. Um, it's summer. <laughs> <laughs> here it is. It is. I mean, it's summer under pandemic, but it's still summer. Uh, it's summer. Uh, it's a summer driven by Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I mean, it's it, it's uh, which is just another tremendous uh, event. Uh, uh, social. I mean, how do you how do you describe how it's changing the culture right now? It's not just an event. It's a really a, 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 a transformative process. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's my shift. Absolutely. So that's a, a my rightful, um, introduction. Um, an outstanding change. Yeah. And in fact, we just published online an anti-racist reading list, which is we not what we're going to talk about in this segment, but I bet you will be. Yeah. Well, maybe we can have another, uh, we can do another show and talk about that, but, uh, yeah, I'd like to, but, but go to publishersweekly.com slash comics and you can take a look at the, uh, an anti-racist graphic novel reading list. Yeah, it's fantastic, and Calvin put a lot of work into it. Um, but for this segment, we, we're going to talk about books that we actually, Calvin and I picked way back in March or April, and it was during the time of COVID, but we were still looking at summer reads. And it was a really interesting experience because when we do our staff picks and our um, comics and graphic novel picks for summer reads, usually we're thinking about books that people would take to the beach or on vacation. Um, people might still take these to the beach, but then they're going to have to sit, you know, 12 feet from other people. I thought about like, what book would, <laughs> might you sit on your fire escape <laughs> and read all by yourself? Um, <clears throat> but we did, we picked it in that context and then it's up online. You can see um, different graphic novel and comics picks. And then these two are our staff picks. So these are the picks that we personally made for our favorite books for folks to read in the summer. Um, and it turns out we both really love both these books. I'm going to pass the proverbial mic on to Calvin to start with his pick and tell a little bit about how we, fig- we found out about this book and what he- why he thinks it's one you should get this summer. Well, we found out about, uh, about the book uh, because of you, Meg, uh, because I had not, uh, I wasn't familiar with it and I think you saw it, right? And took a it chance. It is a on true it. discovery. It's of a, a real book discovery. That uh, showed up for review. We had not heard of the publisher. We had not heard of, um, the title. It's coming from a writer uh, who is African and, uh, um, the, the whole creative team. Yeah. The whole, the whole creative, creative team is, is mm-hmm. uh, African and I believe Nigerian. Yes, um, the publisher. Well, I'll let you talk yeah. about the book. So about. the we book just is showed called, up and we discovered it. <laughs> yeah. So the book is called On a Jaya Crother Street. Uh and it's uh it, it's written by El Nathan John, who is a, mm-hmm. a novelist of some distinction in Nigeria, uh and I think in Britain. Mm-hmm. And in Alaba Onajan, and mm-hmm. who is the artist. And uh it is a combination of withering a social satire um uh and uh and and really powerful social analysis um uh, centered on uh contemporary urban nigerian society it's set in lagos um it's the story of uh, basically a conniving christian um minister uh his family and his children uh he's uh, and i say conniving because uh he's a he's a powerful pastor uh mm-hmm. he has a big congregation uh, but he's a fraud. Uh, you know, he, he hires actors to pretend to be gay that he can, 
um, that he can cure, quote unquote. Um, uh, he's, he's viciously homophobic, uh, and it, while his children, his, his, uh, um, his, his sons and daughters are, uh, questioning their own sexuality and keeping it secret. And this takes place in, a, in an urban and, and, um, uh, modern, uh, Lagos that seems absolutely, that the book kind of reveals just, just the the level of homophobia and class and classism too. So, I mean, I can go on and on, but it's it's a book that really reveals contemporary urban Nigerian society in ways that I just hadn't anticipated. Uh the writing is smart uh and funny and powerful. The drawing uh is is very simple but it actually works incredibly well. E um in in, uh, in especially in terms that there's a really large cast of characters, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really riveting. Once you start picking it up, you can't put it down. Once again, it's both funny and powerful uh, in where it puts it together. So, yeah, that's my summer reads pick. <laughs> yeah, and the publisher is Kasava Republic. Kasava Republic. Mm-hmm. They're um, an African press who has distribution globally. Um. It's founded in Nigeria in 2006. So, I mean, this showed up and we both were completely taken with it. I agree with you. It's such a page turner as well as having, it's an ensemble cast. You, you connect immediately with the characters and then it has these so many different layers of social critique, um, that does run deep. I mean, it's, um, very thoughtful. The reviewer loved it. The art style is fascinating. I think it's, it's done digitally. Um, it's quick and sketchy and rough, but also like the expressions are amazing. Like the, it's one of those like situations where the lines are kind of rough and jumbled, but you just get these incredible like elastic expressions on the face of the characters. And there's a lot of work done by the faces that people make, um, as some of these outstanding things are happening. Yeah, no, it, it, it's really revealing about uh, um, contemporary society uh, uh, in Nigeria, in particular, uh, um, how they see uh, and uh, and the pressures that's under the LGBTQ mm-hmm. um, community, um, uh, and and it's a story uh, that while it skewers society, it also out lines the moral consequences of, of its principal actors mm-hmm. so i don't want to i'm not i don't want to say more than that yeah we don't want to say too much because there's some real plotting in this there absolutely like, is and there's it's, reveal after reveal um but but this this book manages to be entertaining and just bracing mm-hmm. in terms of breaking down how how urban societies are constructed and how they're dealing with, um, you know, this new world of, uh, of multiple communities, uh, refusing to be pushed to the margins any, any, any longer. So anyway. Uh, it's also quite funny. I'll just say it's, I mean, it's a cheerful it, it, it absolutely it's, it's very is. It's funny. Great, it's just really well written on Ajay Crawford Street from, uh, Cassava Republic. So check it out. Yeah. We'd love to see this get picked up more, yeah. uh, yep. here in the U.S. All right. And then somebody we definitely had heard of before this book arrived. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my summer reading pick is from Adrian Tom, um, Tomine and Tamina. Sorry. Look, I have to start again. Adrian Tomina. Sorry, um, Adrian. <laughs> I know. Well, this is the whole book is about is about people mispronouncing his name. I, um, 
I really came to love Adrian's work really at the same time he was publishing it. Like I, I think generationally, like he was one of the cartoonists who had won me over completely to the form. So I will really admit part of the reason I connected so strongly to this book is so is how closely like his view of the world aligns with where I am in my own life stage. The book is about a cartoonist looking back over his decades long career and how he um, had been at something of a boy wonder. He made a name for himself, alternative comic circles. Um, Dan Klaus, you know, refers to him literally as a boy, as a boy wonder. He also, Adrian also gets mistaken for Klaus frequently in the book, which is like some of the funniest scenes are where people think that he's Dan Klaus and he's just like, I'm not Dan Klaus, um, which, you know, is just, again, like many layers of burn, you know, in terms of self-own because he admits an influence by Klaus. And there's so much in indie circles where people just like backstab each other over who their influences are. You know, there's always a sense of whether somebody is copying someone else. And so like admitting an influence is somewhat putting yourself out for that criticism. And in just a few panels, you know, he will get how self-critical this community is. But more to the point, it's a hilarious book. It's I mean, funny. It's, so it's ridiculously funny. funny. It's ridiculous. Uh, so it's just short excerpts of vignettes from his life um, in his sort of early middle age, you know, like just becoming like in his forties um, and like looking back on his life and just ruining like those little moments where somebody slighted you or you made a fool of yourself um, and they're just so like stomach hurting, hilarious. Um, and you want, you just feel for him. <laughs> like, I couldn't stop laughing reading this book and I would read it. My, my, my spouse, my husband was there and I would just like interrupt him during his work and ask him to like, let me read it sections to him because they were so funny. Um, it was a physical reaction. And yeah. It's well, super- I mean, this book is, oh, sorry, go on. No, it's just, it's really cringy. Like, this is, like, humor that just reveals one's own worst moments with such clarity and both, like, a complete critique of other people. Like, he, over and over again, this book is, like, we opened this talking about race and racism um, and Black Lives Matters, but, you know, this is Adrian's um, Asian-American cartoonist, and he's experienced over and over again, like, this, this these, like, racial microaggressions and some macroaggressions that he reveals in this book. Um, there's real meaning behind some of this humor and real like important social satire, but it's just like just incredibly intimately hilarious and embarrassing through the whole book. Well, it's very interesting because Adrian's uh, work has sort of taken a turn over the last few years. I mean, he's gone from being wielding this sort of literary, social, psychological scalpel to kind of break down, um, uh, you know, uh, the social interactions that he sees and they're usually sort of indirect and schematic, but he, he has such a command of drawing and such a command of bringing, uh, kind of people's inner acts and displaying them that there's a, there's a, there's a, a sort of tension to what he does, but he's moved from that to a, a kind of social satire that, I mean, he, he doesn't seem like a, a comic, I mean, as in humor writer, but he's turned out to his, his scalpel now has become one of laughter. He oh, really so can write incredibly funny stuff. And this book is interesting also because of his ability, because the, the early pages of it are kind of a combination of, of score settling. And I mm-hmm. also think 
opening a window on some, uh, uh, basically some of the racist uh, stuff that he's had to put up with over the years. Uh, you know, as well as actually kind of drawing back, pulling this, the, uh, the the uh, the scab off of the room of of comics industry uh backstabbing right. uh, uh vicious uh lunatic in some cases criticism um that is kind of hard to see it's sort of self-serving criticism that uh uh that sort of lashes out at anyone whose work rises up you know above a certain level I mean, the industry what? just eats its own. It's really, it's about yes. how... Particularly, particularly the indie side of it. Yeah, particularly in the period he was becoming well-known. Yes. You know, and I, it's like in that way, it's also a snapshot yeah. because I feel like there's a particular ethos now of like, it's okay to self-promote. It's okay to get paid. You know, and you see that actually with people like Spike and doing Kickstarter promotions where she will say like, I want to get as much money as possible from me and my creators. I think there's been some change. You know, it's in a it. real change. But it, in that period was the whole period of selling out, you know, like indie bands yeah, dealing with there's... it. And so he just suffers under that so excruciatingly. Well, it was very interesting because when Kickstarter first became, uh, you know, a, a force, I mean, many of these indie comics publishers were trashing it. It is somehow or other right. we're letting in all of these, like, you know, we're letting the rabble in now. Anybody can get, get a book finance. But, but also one, one thing I did want to say, that's the early pages of the book have this right. sense of score settling. But the book also eventually evolves into, and I, to me, a, a really thoughtful look at his own life, uh, a life uh, obsessed with comics in every way, and 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 it, it kind of marks uh, uh, a, a limit. Uh, and I and I don't want to give a whole lot of, uh, about it, but it really uh, it really talks about how a guy reaches a certain age, uh, a certain social status with a family, a wife, uh, kids, and and he, he's kind of reassessing what's important in his life. And I think he does it uh, in a way that is weirdly consistent with the hilarity of the rest of the book. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I think we can say, you know, he has a medical scare and it causes him to look back and think about yeah. it. And I, I also think that's one of the reasons that I, of course, like completely, this book spoke to me so intimately is that I also have young kids. I'm also at this point in my life where the way I see my kids experience in the world allows for this um, forgiveness of oneself and of other people, because you see the way kids interact and the way that they're developing a sense of self. And I don't know, it's just a very profound shift in one's own ability to reflect and to understand what's meaningful. And the pieces in here about his family life are hilarious and touching. They really are. Um, yeah. And especially the one where he goes to his daughter's school. Oh my God. I don't it's even want to tell people. I told people to read this. Because yeah, it, I feel it, like it's really funny. And also jokes, it's very funny. And really almost every part of this book is funny. It just uh, kills but, me. Yes. But the loneliness of the long distance cartoon, uh, cartoon is uh, Adrian, Tamina, I don't know. I apologize, Adrian. No, we this have is to a start running gag because throughout the in the book, book yeah, I mean, both of us are probably ways to pronounce his name wrong. Mm -hmm. but apparently, there's only one way to pronounce it correctly. And, well, uh, that's true of everyone's <laughs> name. And I'm not and... so sure that uh, uh, that I just did it. So anyway, sorry, Adrian, but oh you God. did write a really great book. It's gonna. I it's. I honestly thought any time that I turned the page, it was gonna be. One of us. I mean, what, like, we just probably slipped past because. Yes, because they're recognizable people all throughout this but, book. But yeah. their names are crossed out. I mean, it's yeah. really, that's the other thing. Like, if you are a comics indie insider person, like, 
I can't wait for this to come out and some of the heads to roll. Like, there's definitely some people who said yeah. some stuff they should not have said to Adrian. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to have to wind it up. We're going to have to wind okay, it up okay. now. All right. But anyway, uh, well, look, uh, two great books, uh, Anna J. Crother's uh, Street by L. Nathan John and Alabon Onajan and uh, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Cartoonist by Adrian Tomita. So, hey, That's thanks, cool, Meg. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>